What are we to make of the occult? More and more, we're hearing about new ways of knowing and thinking and learning. What does this have to do with the occult? Find out in this introductory podcast to a lengthier series on the occult and the 21st century inside and outside the church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast 051, podcast 51, where today we want to have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. At the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources for further study just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, Keith, so we are kicking off a new podcast series uh, on the occult. It's really interesting that uh, we're going to do that because it's really not something that I hear people talk much about these days. Well, you're right, Mark. People don't talk about it a lot uh, in terms of our culture because I think the occult has become so prominent in popular culture, media, television, streaming programming, you know, like Netflix and things like that, that it's almost beneath our radar. It's like our antennae don't pick up on it so much. But let me give you a short list of popular shows and video projects about the occult. Maybe you've heard of the TV series Supernatural. According to Wikipedia, Supernatural is an American dark fantasy drama television series first broadcast in 2005 on the WB channel. The series follows two brothers as they hunt demons, ghosts, monsters, and other supernatural beings. Its first show, The Pilot, had almost 6 million viewers, and in the end, the series ran from 2005 to 2020 with 327 episodes aired. Now, that's quite a run. You ever seen it? I haven't myself. I've watched bits and pieces. People have sent me things on YouTube, and I've watched extended clips, but it's really... It's kind of captivating, and one of the most bizarre, if not perverse, or maybe even blasphemous episodes showed the main characters offering family counseling to God, who's got this dysfunctional family with a sister and all these kind of weird things. And in this series, you do have biblical characters show up, but not as they are in the Bible. None are holy, you might say. And the seductive thing about this series is it's extremely well-written, it's well-acted, and that makes it all the more dangerous. So dangerous. What do you mean when you say it's more dangerous? It's just a TV show, right? Well, it is and it isn't. It, it's a uh, vehicle for a worldview that blurs distinctions between good and evil. And the series creates sort of a falsish, fattest view of God and the Bible, and in some way has a very subtle effect in terms of sort of the proverbial frog in the kettle scenario we've talked about before, where you put the frog in a kettle and slowly turn up the heat, and before he realizes it, he's cooked. The characters in the series are likable, they're courageous, funny at times, and the viewers might tell themselves it's just harmless entertainment, but what it's doing, I think, is grooming them. It's sort of having a reverse effect because of the values that it portrays, and it's just the opposite of do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Instead, it's do not be conformed to the word of God, but be transformed by what we have to sell you. Okay, so I guess I, I can see that with this, this show, Supernatural. And for me, I typically avoid 
most of those shows. I don't watch a ton of TV. Um, but it seems like these shows are kind of more like one-offs. Like one will become a fad for a while and then it dies out. You know, Mark, I would have said the same thing. There was a time when I would have said yes to that statement. But now what I see here is a trend. And let me give you some examples. Around the same time, there was a series called Stranger Things, which Wikipedia describes as an American science fiction horror drama television series streaming on Netflix. The series, like the other series, began in 2016. And it focuses on the investigation of the disappearance of a young boy amid supernatural events occurring in this particular town and the appearance of a girl with psychokinetic abilities. She could move objects and things by thought. And this series developed some of these ideas over three seasons. And Stranger Things attracted a record viewership on Netflix. And it had a broad and very active international fan base. And the series received unparalleled a critical acclaim for its characterization, pacing, atmosphere, acting, soundtrack, directing, and writing. According to Wikipedia, the series received multiple awards and nominations, including 39 Primetime Emmy Awards and nominations with six wins, four Golden Globe nominations, a British Academy Television Award nomination, two Directors Guild nominations, three Writers Guild nominations, and three Grammy Award nominations. And in September 2019, the series was renewed for another season. And then, of course, there's the TV series The Preacher. Well, The Preacher, that one doesn't sound as harmful, maybe even helpful. Well, that title is misleading. The Preacher is an American supernatural adventure television series based on a comic book series of the same name, and it features a preacher, Jesse Custer, who is a hard-drinking, chain-smoking preacher who, after a crisis of faith, sort of becomes possessed by this supernatural power, and it's him seeking God, trying to track down God alongside his trigger-happy ex-girlfriend and a vampire friend named Cassidy. And the series ran from 2015 to 2019. It's pretty gory, and God, uh, the father, is presented as a sadistic tyrant who maims people who displease him. And it depicts a very skewed view of the God of the Bible, a very skewed view of the universe and Christianity, and it presents or sells or peddles an alternative view of reality, the universe, and existence. Now, why am I telling you this? Because all of these TV series purport to show you uh, sort of something that Christianity has concealed from you. Uh, Most people think of this as harmless fiction, but it's more of a nihilistic pop culture counter-evangelism that really says, did God really say this? You know, it's sort of a Edenic, you know, Satan in the Garden of Eden, challenging the teaching of God and according to the Bible as a holy God. And so the suggestion is there are things you need to know about God so you can become like God because you can learn these things in a way that he knows them. Now, let me just stop here and tell you what this podcast series is not going to be about and what this podcast is not about. It's not about movies. It's not about critiquing movies. Don't misunderstand me. This isn't about movies, but worldview and how the media sort of uh, habituates us or normalizes the occult for our society. It's It's like a gateway drug to the occult. And that's the occult in all of its forms from the very harmless sounding things like Ouija boards or horoscopes or enagrams or 
teaching children to chant chants about from indigenous religious cultures and school and things like that. This is about habituating as normal things which should not be normal, as if there's some higher knowledge to be gained apart from God, separate from God, independent of God. And let me just stop right here and plug somebody else's podcast who I don't know this person, but I've listened to their podcast a number of times. Let me recommend to our listeners a recent Elisa Childers podcast. You can see it on iTunes. It's about the occult. I'll put a link to it on the resource page. I have a clip from this podcast that kind of picks up on the mindset we're talking about here. Why don't you play that clip, Mark? Ultimately, I didn't, I didn't want Christ because I didn't want to obey um, the Bible, but just all in the guise of, no, this is good, and you're just being free, and you're freeing yourself from the doctrine mm. that's so oppressive of Christianity. You need to be your true self and find yourself. I knew that there was power behind the occult. I had felt it. I'd had physical manifestations of it. Ended up being led to this occult order after years of this. I was initiated through this ritual into this order, and I would it was very dark, but I was so excited because I believed that I needed to go into the darkness to shine the light of knowledge in it in order to gain power. You hear that? There's this seductive draw. You know, she, she came through this gateway of seeking sort of a higher or special knowledge, and, and she wanted to get beyond Christianity, and this, this was attractive to her, and, these, and participation in these rituals and and these investigations, if you might say, uh, into this uh, occultic order was a gateway into the occult for this young woman. It is seductive. That's what the occult is all about. Yeah, I think something that really kind of stands out is there's that whole idea of knowing something that makes it uh, a, a little more seductive. And, um, you know, the the lady that's talking on there... Um, She's she's looking for that higher power or that higher knowledge. And I think it just speaks to kind of this hole that we have inside of ourselves to desire this this higher knowledge, this higher power. And I think it seems like where she's missed is she's just looking in the wrong places. That's right. There's this curiosity that needs to be satisfied. You mentioned to a moment ago, I think it was Blaise Pascal who said, there's a hole inside every person, a void that can only be filled by God. And we spend all of our time as the human race, apart from Christ, filling it with the wrong kinds of things, with this desire, this need that has to be satisfied, and so they seek it in the occult. I mean, after all, look at the times we live in right now, with all the COVID-19 and all the uncertainty worldwide. We live in an uncertain world, and people are seeking to find some kind of special insight, some kind of special knowledge, some kind of certainty, kind of an edge of sorts in an uncertain world. And I think if we step back and look at the fascination with the occult and the profound disinterest in Christianity, there's this desire for a special knowledge apart from God that provides some level of uh, certainty in an uncertain world. A desire for power, I believe, is part of it, a desire for an advantage of some kind. And it's a very human desire, and not a good one, but for some kind of special knowledge, some kind of understanding a mystery. Yeah, and you know, I think that this is something that even that has really happened throughout human history. I think of Pharaoh when Moses um, was trying to get him to let go of the people of Egypt, and all of these plagues were coming. And, and Pharaoh is looking to his mystics, his people, to imitate God in a, in a lot of a way. And so, 
Um, so with that, I'm kind of looking at and how to see how we're going to tie all of this in. So what do you mean when you talk about this special knowledge or these mysteries, the hidden knowledge, um, and the stuff like that that's thrown around a lot? Well, people are uh, seeking godhood. To get back to that sound clip with that young woman, she went through all these special initiations, these secret rites, these secret societies, which, which what the Greco-Roman world would have called mystery religions. In Egypt, you know, the pharaoh, here he is confronted with the power of God manifested before him, and he seeks an alternative way. I got a text uh, from a friend of mine recently. He texted a group of us who are on a group uh, text thread, and he was talking about the connection between idolatry and pride, and another guy weighed in and paraphrased a quote from John Calvin about the human heart being an idol factory. And humans were made to worship, and like that lady on the clip, and we'll play that again in just a moment. They don't want to worship Christ, but they want to worship a God of their own making, or they want to become God. Listen to what she says again. Listen closely here. We'll play that again. And ultimately, I didn't, I didn't want Christ because I didn't want to obey um, the Bible, but just all in the guise of, no, this is good, and you're just being free, and you're freeing yourself from the doctrine that's so oppressive of Christianity. You need to be your true self and find yourself. I knew that there was power behind the occult. I had felt it. I'd had physical manifestations of it. Ended up being led to this occult order after years of this. I was initiated through this ritual into this order and I would, it was very dark, but I was so excited because I believed that I needed to go into the darkness to shine the light of knowledge in it in order to gain power. It's about power. You know, there's while there's some form of spiritual yearning here, there's also a sense of pride and rebellion, worshiping one's own desire for something, namely godhood, rather than Christ. And at its core, if you think about it, it's satanic. And let me read this to you because there's nothing new under the sun. Let me just point us to a, a picture of this in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, where scholars say that God is using a king on the earth as the metaphor, but he's really speaking about Satan. And God says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. That's kind of what that girl was talking about a moment ago. She may not have consciously said it like this in Isaiah, but that's where she was headed. You see a picture of this also in Ezekiel 28, where God says again, and people believe he's speaking of Satan, you are the signet of perfection. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in the midst, and you sinned. And so I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub. Your, your heart was proud. You corrupted your wisdom. And it just goes on to say about what a dreadful end Satan will face. And you see this show up amongst our first parents, Adam and Eve, when Satan appears to them and he kind of offers them a higher hidden knowledge, some power. And he says, you know, has God really said? 
and they explain, or Eve explains her case, and he says, you surely will not die, for God knows in the moment that you taste of the forbidden fruit, you'll become like him. Well, no one starts out saying, I'd like to follow Satan. Well, I don't know so much about that. I, I think I've definitely heard some people who are like, I'm going to follow Satan. Yeah, I, I get that. In particular in the 21st century, in the late 20th century, there's this whole nihilism where people, people were just... If you say black, they say white. If you say God, they say Satan. And there is this utter rejection of Christ, this utter rejection of God. But I don't think most people start out there. It begins with this unhealthy desire for special knowledge. It's fueled by pride and maybe a desire for power. And it is a gateway drug to the satanic. It is a gateway drug to the occult. And sometimes it starts out innocently, and sometimes it starts out childishly, seemingly harmlessly, but it's very harmful indeed. Yeah, I would, I would probably agree. You know, most people probably don't start out with that, but they do start, you know, innoc- innocently, like you're saying, with like just things that seem like they're just fun, which is like Ouija boards or horoscopes, things like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So it almost seems like, uh, and and we've talked about this a few times on this podcast, but it almost seems like there's a certain level of grooming that's going on we make these things fun and childish but it's really just a gateway into something more that's exactly right we're being groomed these days in all kinds of ways by the culture whether it's you know the streaming services television whatever it is they are um showing us these films and showing us things that are really occultic uh, and they're treating them as if they're normal everyday events so that's probably why the tv shows are are so kind of front of mind because they're almost like they are that gateway into what, um, into a, a different worldview, and and really, I think uh, maybe in some ways desensitizes people. Well, that's it, and that's why I mention them. I mean, I'm not against TV, I'm not against entertainment and things like that per se, but what I was pointing out were here's some obvious examples of things that normalize things that are truly abnormal. And you kind of see this also lately with the Enneagram craze and with some professing Christians' horoscopes. All right, so where are we headed with all of this? Well, where we're headed is to a lengthy discussion on the occult. You know, uh, the occult is becoming an increasingly normal aspect of our society, so much so that we don't even notice it sometimes. It scratches an itch that many of us have, and therefore people find it attractive because it, they believe it will help them to know things, maybe things they shouldn't know. And people have a desire for relevance, for feeling special, for being respected, maybe for having people look up to them or having an edge over other people. It's a little bit about power, and people... People in a fallen world do not necessarily want to follow Christ. And often, people within the church are falling prey to this as they are normalized or groomed by the culture. And maybe perhaps their children are getting sucked into this, and we would like them to be aware of it before it's too late. We want to sort of sound an alarm in a sane and helpful way. Okay, so as we get close to wrapping up here, I think it's, it's good to tie it all into Scripture. And so do you want to do that for us, Keith? Certainly. For our purposes today in this inaugural podcast and this introductory podcast on a series of podcasts on the, on the occult, I'd like to leave our listeners with two passages. One of them is Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And then there's 2 Corinthians 10.3-5. through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, though we're physical, we are not waging war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. And here's what's going on. People like to say knowledge is power, Mark, and they're looking for knowledge in all the wrong places. And what we want to do for our listeners today is to equip them to confront the culture, to to insulate their family in a very helpful, healthy way, not in a bubble wrap or bubble way. But we want them to be able to identify these seductive threats for what they are. We want to enable them to take their thoughts captive in subjection to the Word of God and confront these occultic traps and worldviews for the sake of their family and their church. Because we wage war, as it says, not against flesh and blood, but as it says in Ephesians 6, but against principalities and powers in high places, against lofty-sounding arguments, as it says in 2 Corinthians 2.10, and the elemental spirits, deceitful spirits of this fallen world, as we talked about in Colossians 2. And so forewarned is forearmed, and that's why we're going to be exploring this gateway into the occult with our listeners in the future weeks to come because forewarned is forearmed. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like additional resources, go to www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me, keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. We have services at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. on Sunday. We have Iglesia Libre for those who speak Spanish. We have a young adult service on Monday night, student ministries on Wednesday night. In the meantime, whatever your podcast platform, be sure and give us a good rating. Share us with your friends. It helps rack up, if you want to call it, algorithm points. In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying, God bless you and God keep you.